Hello there, you are listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. My name is Johnny Pollock and I'm a rural church planter in the west of Ireland and I'm joined by my co-host Alberto Puente, a pastor in the beautiful city of Sevilla. And each episode we want to hear from different guests about what God is doing in different contexts in the vast expanse of Europe to be better informed and encouraged, to know how to be praying, and to, under God, plant more and healthier churches that thrive and flourish as they take the message of Jesus into a world that needs to hear of him. Well, you are very welcome to the Acts 29 uh, Europe podcast, Conversations on Church Planting in Europe. Uh, my name is Johnny Pollock. I'm a rural church planter in the west of Ireland. And as always, I'm joined by the wonderful Alberto Puente. Alberto, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien. I missed you in the last podcast. Oh, you I really did. did, man. You did. I'm sorry yeah. for all of those tuning in to hear your dulcet tones alone. You're going to have an Irishman kind of... Goldering through. No, it was it, it it was great with Justin, but it was not the same. So it's good to be back with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed listening to it. It was it was wonderful. It was you, wonderful you, to be. You be approve it. I, 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 I don't need to. I think it's yes, you know you the, the it, it speaks for itself how, how wonderful how wonderful it was and, and yeah. I, I, I'm I'm now getting worried that, you know, you don't need me anymore and it's it's doing all sorts of terrible things for my self esteem, but but thankfully I'm a child of God, and Amen. I can I can claim that identity and find security there. You're yeah. so gospel centered in every aspect <laughs> of life. <laughs> well, it's recorded now, and there are other people listening, so you know at least to, at least we have to present that, don't we? Uh, but but I don't know because obviously our, our our cultures are different as we as we kind of share this throughout all Europe. Uh, different countries have different traditions, and, and one of the things at at the moment in Ireland is that this is the week in which Valentine's Day is in. And there's a lot of chat of, about love in the air. Um, I, I, is, I'm assuming Valentine's Day is, is celebrated in, in Spain. Of course. Yeah. You're, you're very loving people. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's wonderful because as we come onto the podcast and we kind of chat about church planting, uh, normally the things that we chat about are, are difficulties that we experience or, or troubles that we have or, or challenges or hardships that we encounter. But as we think about love, what is the one thing that you love about church planting or being a church planter? What, what is one thing that just fills you with joy as you consider it? You know, I was thinking about the question and it's a tough question to answer. I think every phase of church planting, there's just something I love about. Hmm. Uh, and the other day I was reminiscing about the beginning stages of our church here in Sevilla. And I do love the way in which the Lord miraculously brought people, uh, to, to us and the way he answered prayers in very miraculous ways. And, you know, it happens now, but I think in those first phases of church planting, uh, for some reason, it's it's uh, the emotions are stronger. For some mm. reason, I, where I'm at right now, looking back at that time, uh, and now I think what I love about our church, and now as a church, thinking of being a church planting church, I think training church planters, spending time mm. with them, uh, equipping them for church planting is something I really love doing. So mm. yeah, that's definitely something 
I would say, in this Valentine's Day church planting hybrid you've created. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was I was kind of thinking that that for us, it is those it is those relationships that that being being part of the church and you know because and we'll we'll mention it in a minute we've been we've been thinking through what it is to be a shepherd under the the, the good shepherd who is Jesus and uh, I I have I have this thing and 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 maybe maybe all of us have something like this but I I have a dream of being a butcher that on a Monday morning if preaching is not going the way I think or you know things are, are getting me down I kind of dream of what it would be like to work work in a butcher shop and I was preaching yesterday on in first peter 5 talking about um talking about the, the the shepherd who cares for the sheep and so i got a text message last night to say good shepherds don't chop up their their sheep uh they they protect them and and so it's i think some of the people in our church and the humor that we have and the love that we have for one another is something that that really deeply encourages me um and and i'm constantly reminded at at, at this journey that we're on is not one that we're on our own in uh, that we we have Jesus caring for us and leading us his church and and yet we we have this wonderful flock around us that can that can encourage and support and challenge us so yeah that's that's something as well that we we can be thankful for uh, but 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 today Alberto we have a guest we do we, we always try to have guests because you know <laughs> yeah. people people you know it it takes the it takes the bad look off us too but but we're we're joined today by by Rob Christ, and, and you're going to introduce our guest today. Maybe he could tell us yes. what he loves about church funding as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's great to have Rob Rob here, Rob Cross. Rob, I've known you for how many years now? Seven? 40, 50. No. <laughs> you're, you're only 30 years old. Thank Maybe you. that long. Gracias. Thank you so much. Uh, I, th- I think I've known you for seven years. Yeah. Uh, met in Rome. With Valentine's Day week, I met Rob in Rome. How romantic is that? <laughs> and uh, and it's seven years, seven. It's full. Oh, well, look at that! <laughs> Everything. I can together. just go again if you guys want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Rob, Rob is uh, the pastor of Serenissima Ministries. I've been there, and mm. what a what a great ministry. My brother was there two months, three months ago, and what what a great place to be at. And he's married to Sandy, uh, and they've been church planting in Northern Italy for more than 25 years, which is, if you could see Rob, you'd say, there's no way it's, it's been 25 years, but yes, over 25 years. And Rob has, uh, it helps right now assess and train church planters in Italy and across Europe. And in Spain, he's, he's been a huge blessing to, to our church and to other churches in Spain helping us think through what it means to church plant. So it's it's a real joy to have you with us, Rob. Thank you, buddy. It's great to be here. Yeah. And what do you love? What do you love, Rob? What do you love about church about planting? church planting or just love in general? <laughs> no, no, because yeah, no, we don't want to have two-hour podcasts. That's right. Uh, church planting. You know, I really love to watch people who usually would attend and be a part of our congregations, right? that they move into a new um, new area and they start serving and learning mm. uh, and maturing and growing in different roles that they maybe would not have taken in our own church plant. I love how the church plant um, transforms, touches uh, the city, and it literally surprises the city when people mm. find out there's a, 
there's an evangelical church here in our area. Uh, I also really love the aspect of how it matures our our brothers, our pastors that we're putting out there in in into ministry, and it just it increases our relationship and gospel friendship with each other, uh, strengthens that so much more because now. Obviously, as they're leading their church forward, they're coming under the burden, the fire, and the the, the work, the stress, etc. And uh, and it just builds uh, mutual appreciation and love for each other. So it's it's really the reign of Jesus expanding, isn't it? Mm. And I just love to see Jesus moving forward. Um, I love to see how the queen, that's his bride, reigns with the king, even mm. here on earth. Uh, so, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's it. It, it's such an encouragement. And I think, as, as you said, that fire, that, that, that hardship that, that, that fosters resilience, um, that, that it's tempered by that joy that we, we find in, in, in understanding the love of Christ and, and his love for his church is, is wonderful. Um, yeah. And, and as I we, oh, yeah. I have watched that. Yeah. I've seen guys, yeah. you know, go in to, to church plants, and even though they've come under great stress, because, you know, those first five years, seven years, mm-hmm. that's hard. It's arduous. And then come out of it. And yet, even though they've been tested or maybe they're, they've been hurt, but yet there's still a deeper, profound joy. And that's the joy that they're going to be transmitting to their people mm-hmm. ahead. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we do as shepherds. You know, we're transmitting, mm-hmm. we're showing them the path of joy, showing them how they mm-hmm. can have joy in their life. So, yeah. That's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to this conversation now because I think we started off at a really good note and a really, a really warm tone in terms of, uh, of how this seems. And yet, I think as we, as we think about what we've, what we've just reflected on there in terms of, of of leadership within the church and even even the term that we've used so far in terms of shepherding is that i just i've been preaching through first peter and first peter five that that idea of the shepherd it's, it, and it so reflects jesus words in, in john 10 about the the good shepherd laying down his life for his sheep and 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 that reality of what leadership is jesus as the chief shepherd and and under shepherds but but there's a lot about leadership in our world, both in business communities and, and in churches and, and struggles and, and challenges of leadership and also how leadership is viewed, um, especially across the world in the moment that we live in. But, but maybe you can share just from your experience and even the, the role that you, you're currently in, why leadership is so vital for the church and, and more so how, how as leaders are we, are we called to lead within church planting? Yeah, the- and the kind of leadership that we practice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. I've been reading a lot of articles over this last year or so and seeing w- how the world is, it seems like almost shifting or pivoting and saying, good leadership looks like this. Uh, and, and they've been highlighting virtues, like virtues of service and humility, uh, a, a kindness in the business world, in the business sector, that they're coming back to these aspects of relational leadership. It's not just coming through with authoritarian leadership. And, um, and that's the way, you know, Jesus walked and led his disciples. Uh, as he did, he, it, it was how God the Father's relating to them. And so it's a relational aspect with authority, but also with the affection of a gracious God. And leadership does that. It, it presents to God's people, uh, the graciousness 
the grace-filled God that we have, that we serve. We're channel, as leaders, we're channeling that, aren't we? Uh, and we're presenting Pastor Jesus, the good shepherd. Pastor Jesus pastors this church, right? And we serve and we follow him. He's a lead um, right near where our church building is. Um, a few years ago, they, there, there's a field out by our church building. And uh, a few years ago, I came out on the steps on the second floor and I looked out and uh, there was an, an entire flock of sheep out there. And uh, they were coming like an invasion, coming our way and uh, coming up to eat the bushes, if you will, on our, on our property. <clears throat> so I, I had to, I was, I'm called pastore, you know, in Italian. So I had to call out to the other pastore who was actually pastor or shepherd of the sheep there. Like, hey, he's got sheep over here doing this. And so he, he just sat in the corner still doing messages. Probably, he was probably doing TikTok or something. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Instagramming his experience today. And so anyway, he, uh, he, he does a couple whistles and a couple calls. And all these dogs start running everywhere. And the sheep are like fighting the dogs, you know, <laughs> and yeah. to, to get them off and to move them around. It was really cool because I looked out there and I said, uh, you know what? That's what that I'm like the dog, you know, <laughs> I'm an under shepherd. <laughs> yeah. And so as the, as the Lord calls, he knows the direction of vision. I just don't, I want, I don't want to get out ahead of him, but I, I definitely want to see what he's doing and I want to follow, but I want to present his graciousness, his goodness, as shepherd and protector. So it's really good. You mentioned first Peter five, because there the kind of leadership that we're talking about is um, we're, we're kind of the examples of um, well, I think in that passage especially, we're the first sufferers. Uh, for Peter writing that letter, we, we are the example of what, what does it look like for a body to endure and be strong in the Lord? And so here are your leaders, here are your pastors. And then he goes into humility, doesn't he? And he kind of represents what he learned back when he, you know, when Jesus was washing his feet. Talks about, you know, kneeling down, putting on that apron, etc. And so, that, so we're first... Um, um, servants as well. Because again, it's all that aspect of who are we graciously representing? How are we helping our people to see him? Uh, and um, so those are just critical aspects of how we lead. It's, um, um, it's a channeling. We, we're not the fountain or the source of, our, of authority, are we? You know, it's the, it's the practice of relationally loving people to Jesus uh, with his uh, with his authority, so we can call out in truth, but we can also warmly um, embrace people who are hurting and broken. Uh, one pastor friend said to me a long time ago, good guy. He says, "Remember, God didn't give you the staff, the shepherd's staff, for nothing. It has three things to it. You have the hook on the top or the crook there. You have the staff, and you have the point at the bottom." And one is for rescue, and one is for defense and defending, and the other is to goad, you know, to prod people along. He said, the, the, the key to pastoring is making sure you know which part of the shepherd's staff to use at the right time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty helpful. <laughs> And I think that illustration is so helpful. I can imagine preachers listening to this right now, scribbling that frantically down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we're rescuing wolves, aren't we? Pulling them yeah. out. And <laughs> or we're not goading enough. I, I like the goading yeah. part. You know, it's uh, okay. poking them in the, in the butt, right? No, it's yeah. in the rear. Well, uh, you're, you're involved in, um, in investing in leaders here in Spain, in Italy. 
um, I'm always amazed to see you uh, invest so much time. Uh, last weekend, I was with three or four guys you're investing in right now here in Spain. And uh, one, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, what, are the, what encourages you to sacrifice time from your own local church, uh, your, own, your own family, to invest time in guys like me, my brother, guys like Javier, David, and the many brothers in Italy, in other parts of Europe. What, what are some things that encourage you in, in doing this? Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's the aspect of um, many times, as we see in our church plants, a lot of our churches are between, you know, maybe one-year-old to eight years old, 10 years old. So it's they're quite young. And going through a lot of different experiences uh, and maybe struggling with having a plan, knowing how to pray, and knowing how to prepare. Because, you know, with Acts 29, one of the monikers or slogans is, you want to be a family of churches that are planting churches. Okay? So you want to plant churches. At the, at the last conference in Spain, one of the emphases was, we plant the gospel. The gospel grows disciples, right? And disciples then follow and gather to Jesus, and then that forms or plants your church. So it's not a mechanistic approach in that way. And a lot of brothers, uh, we, especially, uh, especially across Europe, I think we, we can, in our churches, we can get stuck early on where we're just kind of uh, keeping our heads above, just above water, maybe not, maybe sometimes we're under. And, and we're really struggling to um, help them uh, or to move forward. So the idea of planting a church, like I was talking with one of the brothers, and uh, that's a church planter, <clears throat> has church maybe six, seven years old. And I talked to him about, how have you put things down for your next church? What, what, are, you, what, are, the, what are the pieces of DNA that you want to transfer into the next guys that the Lord would give to you? And after a couple minutes or so, he looks up at me and he says, Rob, I got to be honest with you. I am barely staying alive managing this one right here, about 50 people. I'm barely staying alive managing this one that I, I'm, I'm honestly too scared to even think about the next church plant. And yet we, we carry that, that title church planter on us, but we're not even thinking about it now. So my encouragement, <clears throat> we're two brothers in the conversation. I said, listen, my encouragement to you guys is um, that churches are not just going to pop out of anywhere and just show up, especially the ones in the cities next to you that you, you do yearn for, you do pray for, you look, you look forward to seeing a church planted there. But they're just not going to happen. So if, if you're telling me now that you can't even think about what it means to plant another church because you're so stuck in some area in your church right now, and uh, you don't see a way forward, then that means you're definitely not dreaming about planning a church, and you're definitely not praying for it. And the church is not going to pop up over there unless we're praying that it does. We need to have a greater, if you will, vision of God himself, of his heartbeat for putting ministries out there and opening it up. And, and um, I believe it was an encouragement to the, to the guys, and we've been working ever since on, okay, why are we stuck? Where do we go next? How do we move it so that our church can open up a new core team and plant another one. What are the, what are the steps and the phases that we need to accomplish to do that? 
And uh, so it's been an ongoing conversation over the last couple of years working with them. And uh, it's been really good. So that's an area where I've been really blessed. Um, other areas of helping people um, get ready to plant churches, I'll say that. Um, we have... Uh, we, we really focus on the DNA of discipleship, of how disciples can move and prepare to be a core team, okay, speaking even within my church. And lately I had two young men come up and say, I'm, we're not sure, they're both young marrieds, and they said, we're not sure we're necessarily the called guys, you know, the senior pastor guys to go out and plant the church, but we would definitely love to be a part of a core team if you would... Oh, if, if Serenissima could open a core team or a church plant in our area, we would want to be on it. Now, in our first 10 to 15 years in ministry, we wouldn't hear things like that. But there's enough, there are enough guys now after we've planted around with different um, churches that they can see examples. And the Lord's calling and stirring them. But we've worked very hard to plant the DNA into them that we want to transmit so that they would come to us and say, with that language, that very language, if you would open a core team, what do we need to do to be a part to, to get that open? Um, hearing that is a huge blessing because that means they're thinking about their city. They're praying with us about their area in their city, which doesn't have a church in both places where these brothers live. And, um, and I think God's calling some of them into a, a sense of helping us found and open new churches to multiply. So that's... Uh, mm. That's a beautiful thing. That's the aspect of the blessing. It's great to be able to have uh, come through a lot of hardships. I'm not an expert, okay? Mm. I've just had a lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that experience, you know, after 25 years in these kind of contexts, uh, coming alongside of guys who are struggling between five years and 10 years, you know, even two years into their church plant and saying, hey, let's, let's get this out and map out a plan or work through this see where you are, help get behind you, support you, um, uh, uh, help in some direction, even some counseling, a lot of times consultation, and seeing their, seeing their eyes like open up and uh, just maybe relief in their spirit, like, okay, yeah, the Lord is working. Okay, we have mm-hmm. a sense of where to go now. Uh, just mm-hmm. getting things in order uh, is, is, has been a great blessing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what calls me to get alongside of guys. It's... Um, mm-hmm. It's very pastoral, I guess. It's it's just yeah. a heartbeat that the Lord's uh, brought me to. And, and Alberto, um, I hope you guys have been uh, blessed blessed by it. And it's been uh, just a delight and a joy to walk with you guys in all the different occasions that we've been able to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, a huge blessing and very timely uh, many times for me, for my brother as well. So, yeah, we're just grateful for you guys and all the investment you guys have made, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another reason for us in doing it too is we've been able to experience a really beautiful group of ministers and ministries where we are too. And we'd love, we've been given so much that we also want to be able to, sh- to share with other guys and let you even locally in your different areas regionally be able to be a resource of affection, consultation, love, protection, growth, and walking uh, with the other church planters. So, yeah. Well, one of the things you mentioned there, Rob, and, and, and the three of us here in, in kind of Western Europe, both in Ireland and Spain and in Italy, we, we're in contexts that are predominantly Roman Catholic. Mm. Uh, it, it's one of the, the great uh, struggles that we have for, for leaders in Ireland, because when people think leader in church, they think priest. Um, I had a conversation 
uh, a few years back with Dave Pinkney uh, mm. the, the, over over there in the states, and he he talked about having blue collar leaders and and white collar leaders in his church. And and I said in Ireland when we think of leadership, we only think of white collars as in the priestly color. Um, in terms of developing leaders across across our contexts, how how do you help shape a biblical picture of what? leadership is rather than what people see you talked about the business world you talked about people's expectations maybe within catholicism of what a leader is and what what a leader should do how do you invest in those younger leaders to help them see that biblical picture of of an under shepherd as as someone who's under the chief shepherd of jesus and and how they are to lead going forward right yeah i i think first we have to start with the source we really have Mm -hmm. to show them that god's reign is gracious is good mm. and he's worth living for and he's worth dying for. Mm. And we need to walk that out, especially in our post-Catholic context where we are, mm. or maybe even active Catholic context where we are. Because I would say for the first 15 years uh, working here, is really it, it was really difficult to discern the, the authority patterns that were already in the culture. Again, we're, we're up against this castle formed hierarchy and there's many different levels to it and and people commanding uh, others around and so it's it's, it's heavy-handed it's top down um it's it's quite crushing at times you know um here in italia we have many people as even as you're born and you grow up in the culture everywhere you look you see people with different uniforms and um and it, it reflects that cultural thinking and progress in the sense of traditional Catholicism. So with the uniform represents authority. So you're always under somebody's authority, always under their thumb, if you will. And you grow up with that mentality. Now you come into the church where there's this aspect of gracious authority of Jesus given in the giftings of the roles and the pastors and the other servants and brothers and sisters. And, um, and, and people, um, they haven't seen that before. They haven't seen, if you will, the gracious pastoring or shepherding of Jesus in their, in their churches, in their context. So for the first 15 years, I was just really struggling with um, how, how do we represent this? How do we show this and get this in the DNA? And the Apostle Paul talks about and shows, I think in Philippians too, about the aspect of accountability and, and leaders being almost best friends. Because we are individuals in Romans 15, he talks about this and welcoming, caring, and carrying others in the faith. Um, because when we are individuals before we're saved, we often um, we're we're community destroyers. We're individualistic. We're not willing to be led. But when we come into the kingdom, now we are codependent in a positive way. We are in Christ. We belong to one another. He says in Romans 12. And so now people who have been individual, community-destroying, come into the body, who do they look to? To find those spiritual relationships and friendships in Italy and in Spain, Poland, etc., and Croatia, other countries, especially with Catholic influence, um, we are in highly relational cultures, you see. So how do we relate and walk this out for good shepherding, servant shepherding, servant leadership, uh, washing people's feet? This is a question that we, re- we regularly face and work with. Um, so uh, coming back to that, that aspect there of the um, uh, uh, 
those, the, the hierarchy, right? And how somebody comes in, they have to see models among the leadership, the, the, the pastors and the others who are willing to serve each other and love each other so they know even what friendship is already, accountability is, and they can know what gospel is, and working with them. What happens, though, often in our churches, and Alberto, you can speak to this too, because I'm thinking it's similar over with you guys, and probably you guys in Ireland as well, I would think. What happens is guys coming up from such a hierarchical structure in their culture, they do one of two things when they come in the church. Often we found guys will come in and they will drive to become leaders themselves over the church, and they end up being so heavy-handed because they say, oh, it's my turn. Now I'm the leader, and instead of being under somebody's thumb, now I get to put everybody else under my thumb. And they crush people, and it disperses the church and scatters the sheep and, and ruins, really, the sheep for life. Or we get people who come into the church who do have leadership ability or potential, but they refuse to, or they don't want to practice it because they've, they've always seen that people in the hierarchical system have always gripped it and used leadership for themselves to, if you will, eat the sheep, you know, rather than care for them. And so then they resist it. They're like, everything I see about leadership, I don't like. I don't even want to be a part of it. So it seems like they go to one of two extremes. But when you call them into servant leadership, and that's the beauty of it, servant leadership, it's pastoral leadership, where you're walking in service first, testing them. Like we don't, uh, we have guys that will come in and they'll drive to try to be the leaders of, in, in take over areas of the church or the church, etc. And um, I won't walk with you unless I know you. So we just tell them, slow down. And they'll, uh, we'll get criticisms because, oh, they won't let me do this, they won't let me do that. But uh, I know the damage I've experienced it again. The experience of damage, if you put somebody in place too soon, right, uh, with potential, it can really uh, uh, set the church on fire and it can really cause a lot of damage. So be cautious. It will be painful. It'll be hard, but um, uh, you walk with them until you know each other, until you can relate, until you see that gracious gospel truth permeating even their lives and them sacrifice to be able to see the sheep grow as well. So, yeah. Yeah, we just, we've experienced some of that here in our church. Um, and I think it, it is what you said. It's, it's that desire for for the title there's no relational component to it um but yeah it's good stuff super helpful now moving to more shorter questions okay. coming from the from the shorter guy of the conversation <laughs> uh really what do you love like i'm just kidding um what what does a what does a a, a normal week look like for you um crossfit surfing I don't know. What's, what's, what's in your... It's more Krauss fit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Pun intended, yeah. <laughs> when I can get to the treadmill or when I can get out and take walks. Uh, I try to take them as much as I can. Uh, and, uh, yeah, what does a normal week look like? Um, we'll start, we'll begin with Sunday. Uh, it's um, like yesterday. I had two... Uh, two messages, so it was really early in the morning, so two messages back-to-back. We have two different congregations, so one in Italian, then I spoke another in English. Uh, then afterward, we met with all our servant leaders, our deacons and deaconesses. We have a wonderful group of diac- uh, diaconate in our, tr- our ministries. 
So we gathered all together and we were just working through discipleship and, um, and, and prepping for our next phase of discipleship. We have lots of small groups of discipleship going on all over the church. That's been a wonderful blessing. So we met and uh, we meet together in a group like that strategically, uh, monthly. So that happened uh, yesterday. And then in the afternoon, there, uh, late afternoon, uh, came back home, refreshed, and then right, right back in because we have Ukrainians who are staying in our church. So we had about eight or nine of them in a Bible study. So I went right back in and was just kind of an evangelistic Bible study, discovery Bible study. So a lot of teaching there. Obviously, a lot of ministry like you guys would have too. Mondays are a lot of preparation. Catching back up, I start to write a guide. as It's kind of an outline form with the discipleship questions for all of our, our community groups that we have. We call them life teams. So I start writing this guide. Already on Monday, I meet with our elders, uh, usually on Mondays on, in, during the afternoons. In the evenings, there are usually other meetings there. Tuesdays are all admin because Italy loves carta, paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. So we have bureaucracy, admin because we run different associations. So it's and planning for the next week. So for, for Sunday, then we meet together with a leadership team all in the afternoon. In the evenings, there's worship and music practice and other counseling meetings. Wednesday, try to take that try to take that as a Sabbath day. Really, I really would encourage brothers to find that. Make yourself more available to your family, to your kids, at least one day. Other things will come up in the church. Always happens, but at least make yourself available primarily to your family, uh, because my kids just moved away this year. And so we are empty nesters. And uh, uh, yeah, it will have great value for you and it will help keep you sane in ministry by taking these regular breaks. It's a gift to you. Uh, Thursdays are all then prepping. I have meetings, counseling, and then sermon preparation or um, uh, also to other teaching engagements uh, and meetings with our other partners in our group. Fridays then, uh, we have all our community groups often. So I'm out with them and getting ready. Uh, Saturday's preparation, different events come up, obviously Friday, Saturdays, because that's when people are available. And then we come right back in, and then we're on Sunday. So there's a general flow to my week, and uh, mm. then add on the other layers. <laughs> so, wow, that's intense. It, it is. It, it, yeah, it's, it's too intense. And my wife, will, yeah. if she was here on the podcast, she would say that too. So. <laughs> well, that'll be our second part. That'll yeah. be. <laughs> yes, that'll be part two. I can think all the things that we say and then all the reality that our wives would say. That's, yeah, that's, that's we, that's we should, f- we should, we should run this as a theme, Alberto. That's a filtered, <laughs> the filtered podcast version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so kind of on that, you know, in terms of, of all that you do, uh, primarily, uh, and then we were kind of considering this yesterday that, that as much as we are under shepherds, we, we never cease to be sheep. We never cease to be beloved children of the King. And so what, what in your, your walk with God, what is, has God been teaching you or encouraging you or challenging you about recently as yeah. you, as you serve him there in, in Italy? Yeah. Um, just, I'll just take it just like every, all of us as, as pastors, you know, we're, we're taking it from what we've been learning the most, what we've been chewing mm-hmm. on. So I've been teaching through the book of Daniel okay. and the first six chapters are all the worship wars mm-hmm. that we have and the aspect of how, um, how Daniel with his three friends, you know, this is where God is forming his new people. 
And in their, their confidence in the gospel, in the truth of their God, to walk forward and to, to have courage, really, to just literally melt the fear. But one of the beautiful, there were a couple of beautiful things. I'll just hit one of these. I went through Daniel 3 a few weeks ago. You know, they're, they're looking at going in the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar's furious, and he's fired this thing up, and he says, I'm sending you there if you don't bow down and you don't worship my statue, right? And, um, and they said, they just did two verses, and they're like, we don't have to answer you. God can save us. We believe he wants to save us. But if he doesn't, we will still believe in him. We don't get to choose our gods, right? We don't get to try to find a God that moves us out of trial before when we can see we're coming into a trial that gets us out of the furnace. That's prosperity gospel, you know, uh, that helps us avoid all suffering or all difficulties. And instead, uh, the thing that we really picked up and learned from there is we need we need the gospel, not just to save us from the furnace, but help us to go in, to enter into the furnace. Because there's meaning there, because we know that in the furnaces of our suffering, our life, and the arduous church planting, we know we're going to meet Jesus there. He wasn't out in the courtyard with the giant statue. He was in the furnace, and it's there that he burns away all the bindings so that we might walk freely with him. And so I need a gospel that not only gets me, it saves me from the furnace, but gets me through it and gets me out of it. I need one that helps me go in it while I'm ministering. So that's been, that's been a blessing to see the courage and the beauty of Daniel and his friends. Yeah, that's helpful. And is there a book that you've read recently that you would encourage uh, some of the listeners to, to uh, read? Uh, yeah. I'll I'll hit a I'm gonna, I'll hit a couple of them okay I, I was we picked up for our pastors um, uh, the unwavering pastor by Jonathan Dodson mm. I don't know if you guys saw that it just came out uh, mm. so Francisco has your copy Alberto I sent one over to you so you better <laughs> really? ask him about it yeah he, he does so if not he, he, he owes it you one in he his possession be, yeah he, he, if he, really? if he I haven't seen that you, thing. he owes you one no. he owes you one. <laughs> He, what else did you send with him? <laughs> I, I, I've received nothing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll talk to him later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. He's on the line now. He's on the hook, isn't he? Um, another another one that's been really kind of helpful is in our leadership. Uh, we read this book uh, by uh, Scott McKnight. It's called Reading Romans Backwards. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And it just gives this incredible, beautiful context to Romans. The, the, a lot of a lot of the sh shadows and nuances to the culture of what Paul is dealing with when he writes this letter, and he really says the reason for the reason that he writes a letter is at the end of the book of Romans. And if you can get the end uh, after chapter twelve, then you can come back and you can get all the chapters in the, at the from the beginning, and it really unfolds and starts to make sense. And so there's just all these little treasures in that book. Um, and so you don't, you know, you don't have to agree with everything, but we just found it really um, helpful and eye-opening as a, as a good book uh, as well. So there you go. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. I've, I've, I, I, I don't really need any more books on this right. one, <laughs> but, but whenever people recommend books, it's, it's something that it's something that I'm like, ah, maybe I need one or two more, right. uh, but we'll, we'll see. We were hoping to preach through Romans and, and coming to the end of the year so so that'll be a good one to pick up then thank you so much um yeah my wife probably won't thank you but 
I thank you. Um, as welcome. as we do on the show, as we do on the show on the on, on the podcast, is that we we don't just want to chat about your your ministry and your life, but we want to pray for you as well. And and also, as you've introduced yourself and and some of your ministry, that that others within within the network and even others who are listening outside of the network can pray for you. I can pray for your ministry, pray for your family. Uh, pray for you personally as you continue to pour your life into the lives of others and 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 we know that effectiveness and fruitfulness comes from god and we we rejoice we rejoice in how he has brought fruit from your life and will continue to do so um so so maybe you could share with us a few a few prayer points that we can pray for you and then then after alberto will will pray for you as we as we close out the podcast yeah um uh pray for yeah. Pray for our energy, uh, that the Lord would sustain us uh, as we toil and give um, all that we have. Uh, our encouragement and wisdom uh, as we're caring for so many different people, um, we, we want to be faithful to Jesus, you know. Again, faithful under shepherds. Um, we have uh, 20-some people around our ministries right now that are attending different things or a part of it or in Discovery Bible studies that are not believers yet. Uh, regularly throughout the week, we're regularly involved with them. So I'm just praying that some of those people would give their lives to Jesus, over 20-some people there from all different nationalities and cultures. Then in our other ministries, we have different refugees. Um, pray for the Ukrainian refugees, that we can find them housing. They're just now getting jobs. They've been with us in living in our ministry for 10, 11 months and a lot of suffering, a lot of struggle, but they're really opening to the Bible. So pray that they come to Christ. Um, and for our family, as we're processing what it means to be empty nesters as our children left, um, just the encouragement of, um, of caring for others and feeling so distant. <laughs> And uh, and then and then that we would um, that we would be continuously loving, fervently loving the Lord and fervently loving uh, God's people around us. Really, mm. that's excellent. And also these new leaders I was mentioning yeah. that are growing. New leaders, yeah. yeah. That they would open churches. So, for sure. Great. Great. Well, I'll I'll, I'll pray for all these things. Thankfully, I wrote them down. So. <laughs> Let me pray for our brother. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for this time that we can spend together with uh, our brother Rob. Thank you for uh, the ministry that you've built there in uh, Northern Italy. Thank you for uh, the encouragement just to be able to hear him today. And Lord, we do pray for energy for him and his wife, uh, Sandy. Pray that. Uh, with everything that is going on, it's easy to get weary and tired. So please give them energy. Also, uh, get, encourage them and give them wisdom as they care for so many people. Uh, the leaders in their church, the members, but also uh, the refugees and so many people. Lord, encourage them and give them wisdom. Pray also for the unbelievers that are coming faithfully to uh, the services or activities of the church, also for the uh, Ukrainians that are there, pray for their conversion. Lord, may 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 you save them. May may they uh, believe in you, believe in your gospel. Also, Lord, pray for uh, housing for the Ukrainians. Lord, uh, pray that you would provide for that and their many needs. 
pray also for I pray for uh, uh, Robin Sandy as they've become empty nesters and um, their their tickets are are far from from them now. Pray that you would uh, you would help them as they transition into this this new phase of life and uh, may you take care of their children uh, and and guide them and, and protect them where they're at. And Lord, continue to give them uh, uh, fervent love for you and for your people. Uh, Lord, we all need that. And so may you provide that as well. And also thank you for this new leaders that you're raising in, in their church, Lord. It's a joy to see churches planted in a country like Italy, Lord, and continue to raise many more leaders to plant churches in places like Italy, like like Spain, like like Ireland and Poland, places where uh, the, the true gospel is needed. Amen. We pray these things, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Rob, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the, the X, Y, and your podcast and for, for sharing your wisdom, uh, 25, over 25 years, you must've planted that church when you were 10. Is that, yeah, is that what you. happened? Thank you very much. <laughs> Obviously this is an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was young, I was young when I started yeah. the church. Yeah. Just like you guys. But it, I was about it's your been age, a, it's, Okay, I, I kind of I I think I'm starting to look older than I am, which is frightening. But anyway, um, but that's what church planting does to you: fills you with love and joy, and takes away the color in your hair. Yeah, um, yeah. But it it's been great to to chat with you today and to to learn from you. Uh, some of the things that you shared, the books, the resources, and even X29 in Italy and Pato, we are we'll we'll share some of the links uh, on the show notes that other people can learn more about uh, the ministry there and to pray for you guys as you. Um, as you you seek to reach into Italy uh, for the for the sake of of Christ and and Alberto, thank you so much again for it's been good to be back. Yes, good, good to, have to be you back, back brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, our listenership doesn't nosedive whenever <laughs> whenever I've, I've I've come back in the saddle. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's not look. Let's not look. Let's be ignorant. No, 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 let's not look. no we, yeah, we'll not. Yeah. We'll not. Just just for yeah. me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, and and also thank you for for listening in. Uh, for for those who've have stayed to the end. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the, the time and and to to not only learn more about church planting in Europe uh, with X Y and I, but also uh, to pray and to to learn from from many many different people across the continent as we seek to to plant churches not only with across Europe but but globally as well uh, in this wonderful adventure uh, that that is is Christ's church. And so thank you again for joining us, and we will catch you up again in two weeks for our next episode. Alberto and Rob, may God bless you. Goodbye. Ciao for now. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. On this episode, you have been listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. Do check out the show notes for links to some of the things that we've been speaking about today. And we'd love it if you would subscribe and share this with your friends. And you can join us again in two weeks' time as we'll have another episode and another guest to celebrate church planting across Europe.